We have risen Savior to praise today. At, at this time, we're going to take our morning tithes and offerings. And uh, as we pray today, I want to invite you to talk to the one that we have lifted up. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this midst. We have so much to praise you for. As we give of these tithes and offerings, Lord, we ask that you will be glorified. It's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. We're going to have a talking offertory. Thank you, guys. I need to cut this last song real quick. Um, I, I really believe God wants us to get to what he has planned here today. Grab your Bible. Go ahead and you can pass the plates. We'll have a preaching offertory today. As, you, uh, as, the, as the plates are being passed, take your Bible and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Isaiah 43, 19. And the NASB, NASB, behold, I will do something new. Now it springs forth. Will you not be aware of it? The same thing in the message. Be alert. Be present. I am about to do something brand new. Listen to these words this morning. So many words God is saying over and over again to his children in Israel For years you have heard sermons, you have had testimonies about the great miracle I performed in the Red Sea. Yet as wonderful as as that deliverance was, it was only a shadow of what I want to do. I want you to see beyond what it is I have done. I want you to see the next thing that I'm doing. Behold, I will do a new thing. I will even make a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Church, I I feel impressed, I'm confident God has for us today to look at this passage of Scripture and see what God is doing in our midst. Well, what's happening in this? In this Scripture, the children of Israel, they are challenged, look, don't miss it, be aware, be aware of what I am doing. Friends, if we're not careful, you can be discouraged by the past. You can be lulled into a state of complacency by the past. But the Lord says, look, I am doing something brand new. It is so good. You are in in danger of missing it. Second, he says, what I'm about to do is a new thing. Something that I'm already doing, but yet continuing to do. It's brand new. It is fresh. It's happening right now. Do you see what is happening right now? And finally... The Lord is saying to his children in Israel, and I believe to us today, what I am doing is impossible for you to do. I am going to make a way in the wilderness. I'm going to make a way in the wasteland that nobody else can do. And what I'm doing will bring life where there is death. That's the word of the Lord. Well, we've had great singing today. We've had great testimony today. I am confident with all of my being the Lord wants us to chew on the scripture today. But the sermon is over. But you see, I think God wants us to put into practice what he has said to us today. Behold, I am doing something new. Do you perceive it? It's springing up. It's happening right now in your midst. 
I suggest to you, Jesus is doing something in this moment. If you're not careful, if I'm not careful, we will miss it. This year, church, we've had 103 people accept Christ or rededicate their life to Christ. Look what God is doing. Now, we need to be clear right up front. You're going to hear me say that a couple of times in the next few minutes. It's not what Brady's doing. It's not what you're doing. It's not what the leadership of this church is doing. It is what God is doing. Behold, you could miss it. Do you not perceive it? It's in the middle of a, of a wasteland. There is life coming. This year, we have witnessed 46 people surrender their lives to the Lord who are sanctified holy in entire sanctification. 27 of those people were sanctified holy in the month of July alone. Look what God is doing right now. Okay. Church, God is moving. But it's okay. If you can't see it yet, there's more to come. Don't miss it. God is moving right now. See, that passage in Isaiah 43 reminds me of what Jesus is doing with his disciples when he gathers the disciples and washes their feet. They were arguing on the way to that dinner. Who was most important, me or them? What's the right position? Should I be first or second or third or, or should they? And Jesus takes the attitude of a servant and washes their feet. You remember that passage. And Peter says to Jesus, I, 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 can't, I, I, I can't let you wash feet. Jesus said, if you don't let me wash your feet, you'll have no part of me. Peter didn't get it. When Jesus was done washing all of their feet, he was calling them to do what he was doing. He says, do you even understand what I am doing? See, when you behold the new thing that God is doing, it's not just something to get excited about. It's something that calls us into obedience of where he is at. This year, we've celebrated our one-year birthday for Celebrate Recovery of God bringing healing from hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We've had over 100 different people go through Celebrate Recovery with 40 to 50 meeting every single week, people coming to know Christ. We've doubled our men's groups. We've doubled our women's groups. We're on the second round of step study. We are seeing God move. Look what God is doing in your midst. Do you perceive it? Streams of life in a barren wasteland. It's good for all. Two weeks ago, we had the back-to-school bash that was taking place right here in this room and across this building. We had over 600 people come in to, to be a part of this back-to-school bash, kicking off the children's ministry season for this next year. This place reeked of kids' sweat. It was amazing. <laughs> If you weren't here, you missed an awesome party. We had bounce houses everywhere. We had food. We had uh, archery tagging. I didn't know there was such a thing. It, it, we'll have to talk to Pastor Ryan about that later. But, but we were all hands on deck, the whole church working together, reaching families for Christ. Friends, we didn't just do an event. We saw many, many families from Kitty Prep come in. We built relationships. We hung out with them. We saw divine appointment after the divine appointment after the divine appointment. Look what God is doing in our midst. We've had our Disciple by Jesus groups going for a while, and they are growing. We've had over 140 different people come through the Disciple by Jesus uh, pattern with 16 groups that have been meeting regularly. And we have people that are saying, what, what is Jesus doing in my midst? Who is Jesus to me today? Am I listening to him through the word? Am I obeying what he's saying? Where am I dependent on him today? And it's messing up their life for Jesus. It's changing everything about them. Friend, I don't know how to tell you. Wake up. Look 
what He is doing. Not what I'm doing. Not what you're doing. Look what Jesus is doing. It's happening right now in your midst. If we're not careful, we'll miss it. We just finished last week our stewardship series, Entrusted, where God has trusted us with so much and He's calling us to trust Him with everything. Church, I'm so proud of your response to God, what God is doing in your obedience today. Hundreds of people committed, with God's help, to build a relationship with a non-believer, to share Jesus with at least one person, to invite at least one person to church. Hundreds of people said, with God's help, I'm going to be a good steward of the gospel. We saw hundreds of people commit with God's help to continue to tithe. And this one blows my socks off. Forty-six people stepped out in faith, saying, I don't know how it's going to be possible, but with God's help, I want to commit to start tithing. God is moving in our midst. Wake up, church. Do you perceive it? Don't miss it. He is moving. Now, I want to share with you a, a couple stories. First, I want to share with you is Adam's story. Adam has been going to Grace Point for over four years, starting his fifth year. And, and I have just had the opportunity to get to know him better in the last couple of months. But as I met Adam, he's going through one of the hardest times in his life. That's his words he described. And as I met him, he was sharing with me. He said, Brady, in my life I've grown up in the church, uh, but, but I've never made decisions based off of what God wants. And I'm now coming to the end of myself. I'm desperate for Jesus. And I'm seeing a fire of Jesus come on in my life. He came to discipleship for the first time this week. And as he shared with his brothers, he, he said, you know, what? I'm seeing even through the pain that I'm going through, I'm watching Jesus work. As I called to talk to Adam and and others today to get permission to share his story, I invited him. I said, Adam, I want you to be here. I want you to to be able to stand and and let people have a face to put with the name of what God is doing. So, Adam, I want you to stand. Church, look what God is doing. He's moving in our midst right now. Thank you, Adam. You can have a seat. Larry Frazee was prompted by the Lord to reach out to people at his place of work at Canterbury uh, Nursing Home. As he was reaching out, not just to one, but, but not just residents, but other employees, he began to reach out over and over and over. And one of the people he met was a, a co-worker. Her name was Stacy. As Larry reached out to Stacy, he, he was loving on her and giving Jesus' love to her, but, but didn't necessarily see any fruit yet. Long story short, Larry moves on to another job. Stacy moves on to another job. But Stacy finds herself in a very challenging situation and she reaches out to a place that she knew was safe, uh, a man who was uh, appropriately giving the love of Jesus to her and, and Larry invited her back to Grace Point again. Many times he invited her, but this time it was the right moment and she came and she met some of you in the foyer and had a good experience and she came back and brought Billy and Billy and Stacy came and as I got to meet them, one thing led to another. I'll never forget the rest of my life sitting in my office with Stacy and Billy and the life crisis that we were dealing with, it became very apparent to me, was not the main reason why they were there with me that day. 
as I presented the gospel, they accepted Jesus for the first time. And I got permission to share their story. And I want them to be able to let you see their face and give testimony to what God is doing. So Billy and Stacy, stand with me. All right here, turn, see your church family. Church, look what God is doing. Amen, amen. Thank you guys, you can have a seat. Oh, don't misunderstand, this isn't about Brady, this isn't about you, it's not even about Grace Point. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Forget the former things. What was the former things? You know the passage of Scripture. He led us out of bondage. That's a pretty good thing. But he said, compared to what I'm doing right now, just just let it go. I'm doing something in your midst right this very moment. I want to ask Deb Hughes to share. I talked with her this week, and, and she has seen Jesus move in Kitty Prep. We're going to look what God is doing at Kitty Prep. Share with us now. So I've been attending one of uh, Carrie's uh, Disciple by Jesus uh, groups. And this past January, the Lord really laid on my heart that I needed to start doing discipleship groups at Kitty Prep School with our staff. And that overwhelmed me. I'm like, Lord, how do I do that? Um, But what happened is we set aside so that every 40-something staff had a time once a week during nap time where we were doing purposely discipled by Jesus and God started encountering us. He started revealing himself in ways that were amazing. And I saw my staff for the first time start walking out the power of God's love. They started sharing with one another. They were all in the same boat. We're all broken. There isn't one of us in this room that isn't broken and restored by the power of the love of Jesus Christ. And when you start intentionally, that it's just a tool. But when you start intentionally, daily, looking for God's sightings, you start understanding how valuable you are to God. So in turn, out of the overflow of what God was doing with my staff, the Lord started impressing upon my heart, this has got to get into the children. They need to have this wired into them from age two to have intimacy with Jesus because we can run into that strong tower and have intimacy and he will talk to the kids. So out of the overflow of what was happening with my staff, we started seeing amazing things happen in the classroom with the kids. This summer we had school-agers that were here and we had chapel every Tuesday and Thursday. We had the opportunity to pour into them that they're God's favorite That they are the one. And when you start understanding that you're God's favorite, that changes everything. It changes your paradigm. It changes how you live. It changes you to be able to do what Brady's been preaching about these last several weeks about trusting God because you know he's faithful. And even in the hard times, God still loves you. He's wooing you. You are his beloved. And he's coming back for a church that has no spot or wrinkle. And so out of that, we're able to understand we're his favorite. He loves us immeasurably. Now what are you going to do with it? As you watch the Holy Spirit do something. And on August 14th, we had the school-agers in here, and we played a video. And I cried every time because I knew the backstory to those kids that were learning to run into their prayer cave. We called it prayer cave. 
And they were journaling. And during that time, I, I said to the staff, don't ask them, get them together and say, what has God taught us? And we pick who's going to say what. No, I said, staff, go to their prayer journal and see what God told them. So when they did that video, they were expressing. And one of them is a, a child that's in a foster home. And he's related to some of the gang deaths that have been going on this summer. And that child said on that video, I know I'm here for a purpose. God is teaching us, wooing us to understand how much he loves us. And out of that wooing, we're drawn into the word so that every day it's a love letter to us. And you know what? I got to tell you, the Lord's been pointing out my when I get frustrated and I'm annoyed. The Lord is very gently when I have a bad circumstance. He's showing me how to walk it out in truth. And he's chiseling off my selfishness and my pride. Those are my two. That I have a paradigm. That I see life through, a, through selfishness and pride. And the Lord's revealing to me that when I'm loved and I'm his favorite, my selfishness and my pride gets me nothing. And it's horrible. But when I walk in the presence and intimacy of who he is, it's a game changer, Brady. It's a game changer because it changes how you live your life out and gives you the courage to love on others because you know how crazy he is about you. And so the Lord has given us a tool to teach children that God dances over them, that he is crazy, crazy in love with them. And the staff is experiencing that, and amazing things are happening out of the resurrection power of who Jesus is. Church, look what God is doing. i got to remind you again, don't look what Deb is doing. Don't look what Kitty Prep is doing. Look what God is doing so we can get a spiritual goose bump and be tickled. No. He says, come here. Join me in what I'm doing. I'm going to wash feet. No, Jesus, don't do that. No, 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 no. I'm going to show you what I'm calling you into. I want you to hear another story of what God is doing. He's doing it right now, in this moment. It's Nate and Heather's story. A number of months back, this story starts with Trina Moir. Trina had an acquaintance, and she met Heather. And as they became friends Trina began to reach out to Heather and to her family. And Dave and Trina Millar invited Nate and Heather to Grace Point. As they came to Grace Point, it was not too long after they came. At the end of many messages, I say, if you'd like more information on a personal relationship with Jesus, come meet me down front. And Nate and Heather were two of those people who took me up on that offer. We were right here, and I'll never forget, we prayed together, and they accepted Jesus Christ. Salvation came to their home, but that's not where the story ends. It was awesome to see that take place, but this wasn't just the beginning, or this wasn't the end, this was just the beginning. And Nate and Heather, they decided to come to 101, the same thing that's happening here soon on Wednesday night. And they began to find out what this church is about. They had salvation in Jesus Christ, but they joined the church. They came to 201, learning what it means to live a life led and controlled by the Holy Spirit, the power of the sanctified life. And then they didn't stop there. They joined Chad's class, and they're a valuable part of of his class. And a few weeks ago, I stopped by in that class, and I noticed that somebody had the donut responsibility. I mean, that's a pretty high calling there in the class. You know, it's like teaching the word in donuts. Some classes, it's like side by side. But, but there was connection taking place. And as I got permission to share this story as well, Nate and Heather, I want you to stand. Church, look 
what God is doing. He is moving. He is working and He's calling us into it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, Pastor Brady, that's good. That's with some new people or some younger people. Or that's with some people who've had maybe not as much background in the things of the Lord. I tell you what, I want to tell you Ward's story. Ward's been in the church for a long time. He's a retired Nazarene pastor. He's proclaimed the Word of God for decades. He's been a great addition to our church. But when the invitation came to be a part of a discipleship relationship, Ward said, that's something I want to be a part of. He talked to me. He ended up joining one of our Disciple by Jesus gatherings. I'll never forget the morning. As he sat across from me with five other guys there, he said, man, I've, I've preached the Word. I've led churches. I've even heard God speak to me. I'm not saying that I've never heard God speak to me before. But what Jesus is teaching me by consistently coming and declaring who he is to me and and looking for what he is doing and listening to him through his word and being obedient to him and, and what he's calling me to do and looking at where I'm totally dependent on his resurrection power. He said, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit in ways I've never heard before. Here, this is a man who's been in ministry for decades. The Lord is giving him something new. Fresh and out of this, God birthed and ward a vision that is, it's huge. When I first heard it, I I have to confess, I thought, okay. (laughs) God gave you faith, but let's grow together. God gave him a vision to disciple the world. To disciple the world. What vision has God given you? Disciple the world through teaching English over the internet and using that as a way to disciple people. As I got permission to share his story, I want you to see this is someone who looks like you. This is someone who's walked like you. This is someone who's been faithful to the Lord. But God is doing something new. Ward, stand up with me. Look what God is doing right now. Thank you, brother. Well, I want you to hear what Pastor Lane in his few short weeks that he's been here, there's a microphone somewhere here, few short weeks that he's been here, he said, Pastor Brady, I'm already seeing what God is doing. Friend, share with us what you see God is doing in our midst. Thank you, brother. I'm going to read this because I could very easily launch. I have two stones to the add to the altar of testimony that says, look what God is doing. There's a young man. He's new to Grace Point, and he's new to Grace For the sake of this story, we'll call him John. John came in some ways broken, and he is midstream in his healing. Just a few weeks ago, in his first experience of Celebrate Recovery, John released his brokenness into the hands of Christ, accepting Jesus as his healer and as his renewer. As he began his journey, one walking alongside John, actually Bruce Skabinski, gifted him with a brand new Bible. And then he shared with me just a short time ago that his recent birthday gift from his wife, a Bible cover, meant the world to him. John is finding hope and healing and new knowledge and expanding wisdom. And with that, of course, comes new questions and layers of hurt and walls that are exposed. John is midstream in his healing He's at a place both exhilarating and at times capable of creating new places of fear. John is there. He's midstream. And we are with him. 
He knows this. He knows us as a place of hope and healing and a place that is safe. Just a few weeks ago, we had a focus on the children in our ministry. Families came and spent hours sharing music and the beauty of childhood. As the second service developed, some visiting families opted to leave. I chose to love on them. (laughs) I made an end run around one family in the foyer. And as I got eye to eye with their two children and thanked them for singing and leading us in worship, I just loved it so much. As I stood, I was embraced by the family in a hug. Honestly, (laughs) I was a little stunned. Another family came out the doors. Another brief visit with their child occurred. And another family hug spontaneously spilled upon me. I was now in full-blown shock mode. And I checked to be sure that nobody had stuck a note on me that said something like, Hug me, I'm lonely. (laughs) A third family appeared. This one including a father. As I talked talked with the children at their level and then wished the family a great Sunday, mom and dad each hugged me. And as I stood there in an awkward hug with a guy that I'd never met before, I said simply, you take good care of them. And his response was simple. I will, man. I will. It was a real guy connect time. In today's world of fear and fracture and damaged relationships, I was a little shocked that morning to be batting a thousand in what I call HPV, hugs per visit. I began to wonder, what what was that? Was this some expression of gratitude that we had given their child a chance to stand and sing? Well, probably so. Was it some form of reflecting back the joy and encouragement that they had received while they were among us? Also likely. But is it possible that there was a sense for each of them that God had met with them? That love had intersected their path? And they were just not real sure what to do with that. The expression of that came in the form of hugging one who knelt nearby. I think that is a very real possibility. I add two stones to the altar that says, look what God is doing. Church, look what God is doing. Could you have been here just a few weeks and see what God's doing? Or would it be easy to be distracted? Would it be easy to be fixed just on the blessings you had in the past? There's nothing wrong with that. But he says, behold, I'm doing something new right now in your midst. It's living water in the wasteland. Don't miss it. I want you to hear Pastor Rex share what's been happening. He helps uh, us lead one of the ministries of our church, the Care and Share Fund. And so many of these stories, it's not appropriate to to share names with that. But listen to the real-life stories of what's been taking place. Pastor Brady, I love my church. I love the generosity of our people. The way that they uh, give of their time and their talents and their resources so faithfully. Over the past three months, we've been able to help 11 families with their gas and their electric and, and with their rent. Um, one of the stories, I received a text from a gentleman, and he said, a friend of mine has been attending the church faithfully, and 
They're in a time of transition, and they're not able to make their rent. And, and the care and share fund was able to help make that payment. And he sent me a text back and said, uh, she's just overwhelmed with gratitude. And she shared how she went out in her backyard and just fell on her knees. and Just thank God for his generosity. You're a generous people. One of the stories that um, we were able to be a part of this past month was uh, a kitty prep teacher. Uh, this teacher uh, had moved to Fort Wayne to be with her dad, who was not doing very well physically. And, and for a year, she cared for him and taught at the school, and, and he passed away, leaving her really homeless. And uh, she had belongings back in Denver and no way to get it here. And so the teachers began to collect money amongst themselves, trying to figure out how we can help get her belongings, her clothing and her belongings back so that she can establish her home here. And they couldn't afford that. And so the Care and Share Fund came alongside those teachers, and we were able to make up the difference, and we were able to move her belongings and her furniture back. Another teacher who's been a part of our church for many, many, many years, her car broke down and and a... uh, an individual was driving her back and forth to work, and another individual said, hey, we need to help you find a car. And they tried to go to Love Church and get it, their present car repaired, but it was beyond repair. And so we realized we needed to replace it. And so this individual began to shop and found just the right car, and, and the Care and Share Fund came alongside a couple other individuals, and we were able to make this single mom provide it for a car for this single mom. Your generosity is making a difference in individuals' lives. Uh, Just a a month ago, Dave Musman organized a group of workers with Building Hope. And the Building Hope group was able to put on a new roof for O.E. and Miriam Joseph. And and Chuck Howie um, knew of a need of solar panels that were causing a house to leak. And and he organized a group. Actually, we got a phone call into the office, and it was Teresa Huber saying, Hey, we've got some Granite Ridge guys who want to do some volunteer work. Do you have some work? And, of course, I knew Chuck was looking for some workers, and we put the two together, and so they took off those solar panels and patched that roof. You know, I love my church. Sometimes you're in a place where you don't see all that's happening in the life of your church, but we do as your pastors. And we are so grateful for your love and for your generosity. You know, Pastor Rex, before you leave, stay right here. Let, yeah, we can thank the Lord. Look what God is doing. Amen. We have an opportunity to do it again. And I want Pastor Rex to share in just a second. But, but before he does, remember, Jesus is washing feet. He's serving people. And he doesn't say, did, did you see me serve? He says, come here. I want you to see this because I want you to go do this. Church, you have been a part of every one of these stories. I believe the Lord is looking down and saying, those are my sons. Those are my daughters. I have entrusted so much to them. They have been such good stewards with what's entrusted to them. I'm about to open up the floodgates and dump it on them again. Not to lift up me or you or any other person, but to lift up Jesus. So Pastor Rex... Talk to us about one more way that we can be a part of serving others. Sixteen years ago, um, our senior pastor, Jerry Stipp, was diagnosed with a brain tumor. We found out on Wednesday night late, and he was gone by Saturday. He was 52 years of age. 
the church surrounded Karen and the family and loved on them. I was overwhelmed by our community, how much support and love we received by, from other churches, by Olivet, by this local congregation. Well, just recently, in July 24th, uh, Ron Williams' wife passed away, 51 years of age. And the Lord impressed upon my heart, uh, what is it that we should do for this family? How can we love as a community of faith on another church? And so I called Isaac Norris and said, Isaac, what is it we could do to express our love and our gratitude for God, um, for your pastor? And so we talked a little bit. And, you know, as I was talking to Isaac, I thought about my son. He's at Lone Tree Bible Ranch, and he works at a high adventure camp. And there's a ranch there with horses and rock climbing and repelling and zip lines and all these great things. And Ron's kids are 17 and 15 and 12 and 7. And I'm thinking, you know, if I'm a dad, if I could just take my kids away for a little while, you know, the church is so busy. If I could get them away and just spend some time with them, I think that's what I would want. And so I asked Ron, was that something that you would be open to us, loving on you in that way? And he said, yeah. That, he said, it's hard for me to accept such a gift, if it's even to think about that. But we're open to God's generosity. And so today we'd like to take a special offering for the Williams family. We, we don't really know exactly what that will look like, um, but we just trust God for the future that he has for them. Uh, that church is making a great impact in our community, and we want to love on them in this time. Thank you, Pastor Rex. Uh, as the ushers go ahead and come forward, I want you to catch something here. If you're new to Grace Point, you may not know this. If you've been coming for a while, you already know this. This church is a generous church, and we don't give so we can get, you may not recognize, but 15.5% of everything that comes in, we invest in others. That's just denominational things. But this church, decade after decade after decade, said, that's not enough. We're going to give beyond that. And so church, when in doubt, personally, I've always felt like when I'm not sure what to do, I'm going to err on the generous side. But you know what? This church has said we are going to be a church. When in doubt, we are going to be generous. We're not just going to take these things that God has done and hang on to ourselves. We're going to bless others. And so I want you to hear this. Pastor Ron is not a part of our, our denomination, but he's a part of the body of Christ. And we believe that God has blessed us so much. And so as we give, you give whatever the Lord puts on your heart. And then I've got Oh, a minute of closing thoughts for you as, as we go. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we take this offering, Lord, I pray that in some way it will not only be a response to what we're hearing today, but it will be you whispering to us, come on, son, come on, daughter. Can you see what I'm doing? Come join me. Come serve. Come, come give what I have given to you to somebody else. So, Lord, we ask your blessing on this offering. Would you help us encourage another pastor, love on another congregation in your body? It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen.
church. You may have felt stirred to give, but not maybe have come prepared to give today. And so we're going to hold off before we disperse those funds to Pastor Ron and his family until Wednesday. We didn't know that till now, but we're going to hold off till Wednesday. If you'd like to get in on that, if God's stirring your heart, you can drop by that by the church office anytime between now and, and Wednesday. But I want to leave you with this. Behold, I am doing something new, the Lord says. If you just look to the past, you may miss it. If you're just preoccupied with the present and what is not happening the way you want, you may miss it. If you're worried about the future, you may miss it. Last week you heard me talk about Grace Point and our leadership bringing before you a challenge to pay off the debt here. For the first time in, in many, many years, our debt is $717,000. I want to let you know there's no slick debt reduction campaign. There's no flyers that I'm going to hand out. There's no program on how to do it. Simply put, we believe that God is calling us to get every one of his kingdom resources into things like what you've heard about today. And so if God stirs your heart over and above your regular giving, anything that is marked building fund, anything that is marked debt reduction will go to not just pay off a debt. We believe God wants us to make good on our debts, but it's more important than that. We see that God is moving and working. And we want to be putting everything we can into ministries like what you've just heard. Church, would you stand with me? As you take off today, You don't have to look very hard to find a wasteland. You don't have to look very hard to find some kind of obstacle, to find some kind of death, to find something that didn't go the way that you hoped. In fact, the very definition of God doing a miracle, there needs to be a problem in your midst. But your God is saying to you right now, in about, I don't know, how many different testimonies you heard, I'm alive, I am working, I want you to join me. So go, look for him and do what he's doing. God bless you. You're dismissed.